Welcome to Gringo's Eternal Family's podcast. Gringo's Eternal Family is a ministry with a purpose of being God's love to the 99 and the 1. You can visit our website and check out our blog post at gringoseternalfamily.com for more content. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's episode. Thank you. Hello, Eternal Family. Welcome back. So today is part seven of the Gospel of Jesus Christ series. How are you guys doing so far? Like, I'm loving this series. I don't know about you. Personally, I've been getting blessed and I'm just being so encouraged and have my knowledge of salvation, my knowledge of the gospel has been increasing and I hope that has been the same for you. And especially I hope that if you have not been saved before, I hope that through this message, through this series, you have given your life to Christ, you have believed in Christ Jesus and you are saved now, okay? Um, so today's part seven, and we're going to be talking about now that I'm saved, what is next? What should I do next? Where do I go from here? Okay. I want you to know that I've got you. Okay. I'm, I'm here for you. All right. I know that after we get saved, we are often left hanging and wondering what exactly am I supposed to do now with my life? You know, what am I supposed to do f- going on? How am I supposed to grow as a Christian and stuff like that? Um, and the thing is, this is very important. This is another important step in our walk with Christ, because if we are not guided accurately, we will begin to copy traditions, rituals, routines, and lifestyles of those that we assume are like deep and older Christians without accurate knowledge of knowing whether they are worthy of being followed and emulated. Okay. So you can't just go around doing things that you see other people doing. You need to have accurate knowledge. So you might ask, what then do I do? Okay. Um, I want us to look at the life of my second favorite teacher, Bible teacher. So the Holy Spirit is my first favorite teacher. He is always going to have number one set in my heart. All right. But I also have this other favorite teacher in the Bible. I love this guy. Like he inspires me. You might already know. He is the amazing Apostle Paul. All right. Um, so I want us to look at his life and what he did after he got saved. All right. So we're going to read Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 23. All right. Roll with me. So Paul is saying, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. How interestingly I persecuted the church of Christ and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. And I want you to know, if you do not know, that Damascus was where Paul had first encountered Jesus Christ. That was where his conversion happened. And that was where Ananias prayed for him so that he could receive his sight back. Because remember, when Christ met him on his way to Damascus, he got blinded. All right. So we're going to continue the reading. 
Paul is saying, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas. Cephas is also known as Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Sicilia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who was formerly persecuting us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy it. And they praise God because of me. Amazing. So now let's read another scripture. This is Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 22. Verse 17. Then Ananias went into the house and entered it, placing his hand on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. It got up. And was baptized and after taking some food it regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on this name and Hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So now we just read two different passages and books of the Bible. We read Galatians 1, 11 to 23, and we read Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 22. If you had not read Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 22, before reading as chapter 9, verse 17 to 22, you would have thought that it was immediately after Paul regained his sight that he was baptized, ate some food, and regained his strength that he began to teach in Damascus, in the synagogues in Damascus. But no, because when we read Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 23, Paul himself made us to understand that immediately after his conversion, he went to Arabia. He did not go to the, to the synagogues in Damascus. He went to Arabia for three years. He did not go around consulting people and asking them for their knowledge of God. He personally went to Arabia, and we can assume that these secluded and private three years were very instrumental in Paul's ministry. We can assume that he grew in his knowledge of Christ. He knew a lot of the scriptures. I mean, he was a solid Pharisee. This guy was an Israelite. He was a Jew of the Jew from the tribe of Benjamin. It was scripturally founded in the Old Testament, but he needed to come to a renewed knowledge of God. So it can be the strong and approved instrument of God to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and Jews. So we can say that between Acts chapter 9 verse 19 and Acts chapter 9 verse 20, three years of not hearing anything about Paul had passed and occurred because Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 to 23 filled us in on what happened within Acts chapter 9 verse 19 and Acts chapter 9 verse 20. Three years had passed and Paul himself explained that to us in Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 to 23. 
what happened really those three years was that he went to Arabia, then he came back to Damascus and started preaching in the synagogue. It was not magic that he was not preaching effectively. No, it was because he made good use of three years to renew his knowledge, to know the right thing. So that was when he could not go into the synagogue and preach boldly about Christ. After that, he then went to Jerusalem and met with Peter for 15 days. And Acts chapter 9 continues to fill us in what, what, on what happened in Jerusalem. When he got to Jerusalem, the people, the, some of the apostles and Jews were not really accepting because they were scared of him because the last knowledge they had of him was that he was persecuting the church. But later they accepted him. So you should definitely go read Acts chapter 9 for more of that. All right. So what I want us to understand again is that immediately after those three years, that was when he now went back to Damascus, where he, where he had first encountered Jesus on his way to go persecute the church there. But now he came back after three years in Arabia and began to teach in the synagogue and the people were astonished. What, what I want you to get is that private preparation and spending of time with God is very, very necessary for public effectiveness, okay? So after spending some time in Damascus, he then went to Jerusalem to meet Cephas, which is Peter, and spent 15 days with him, probably learning and adding to more of his knowledge that he already had. But I want you to know that he went to Peter after three years, and for those three years, it was with God in Arabia. It made sure that his foundation of God's knowledge was not from man, but from God. So he did not run to Jerusalem immediately after his conversion to show himself to the apostles and to beg for them to teach him about Christ or to beg for their acceptance. He went and spent time with the one who had called and chosen him so that he could be approved and a bold teacher and preacher of the gospel. That's why when Paul started in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, he said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that I preach to you is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, neither was I taught about it, but I received it by revelation from Christ Jesus. So why did I share those two passages with you? Galatians 1, 11 to 23 and Acts chapter 9. Because I wanted you to see that after one becomes a Christian, after you've been saved, what you need to do is sit down with God. Be like Paul. Now that you are saved, what is next for you is not to be jumping up and down from one church to another or from one Christian friend to another or from one pastor to another or listening to so many sermons on, on YouTube or so many things like that. No, that is not the next thing for you to do. You need to sit down with God and allow God himself to teach you how to live this new life that he has given to you and tell you exactly what he wants you to, what he wants you to do with it. All right. Why it's great and a must that you will eventually belong to a local Bible based church and make great Christian friends. You must first sit down with God and allow him to teach you. Let God teach you then you'll be knowledgeable and able to 
pick out and belong to the right local church, which the preaching and the teachings there are accurate and you will know who to be friends with. Let God be first so he can lead you right because unfortunately there are a lot of wolves and sheep clothing in the church and in the family of God. So you need God to teach and lead you. So how is this going to happen? You need to get a Bible. Yes, get a Bible is the same old boring way, but trust me, it works. Get you a Bible. Got a Bible that you can easily understand and start reading. Start to pray and spend time with God. Start reading from the New Testament and growing your knowledge and understanding of Christ and your new birth. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of of the truth. It is not one man to be saved, but also, not only does it want man to be saved, but also to come to the knowledge of the truth. And you know, the Bible also tells us in John chapter 1, verse 17, that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came, he brought grace and truth. Okay, so you have received grace because now you're saved. Grace in form of salvation, grace in form of forgiveness, grace in the form of righteousness and redemption. Hallelujah. And that is beautiful and amazing. Okay. We, we never stop rejoicing about that and being thankful for that. But now that you received grace, you also need to receive the harder part. Remember, Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. So you need to come to the knowledge of the truth. You can't just receive grace without truth. Both of them together is the perfect gift of God and life in abundance, right? So it's not enough for you to get saved and go about living your old life and just living the same way you've been living and just waiting to someday die and go to heaven. No, you see, you are not just put on hurt to sit and look pretty and just do you after salvation. No, God has more plans for you than that. Salvation was just a beginning and stepping stone to his full purpose and plan for your life while you are on this earth. So he wants you to know the truth. What is the truth you might ask? What the right question is, who is the truth? For truth is a person. Truth is Jesus personified, just as grace is Jesus personified. It is our salvation. It is also our truth because in Christ Jesus are eating all the truth, knowledge, wisdom, and that God desires for you to possess because you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's a lot of truth that you need to come into a knowledge of that you cannot afford to just miss. All right. All the mysteries, they've been made plain in the word of God. It is right there for you. All you need to do is open it, read it, and know it. And not only do we have the truth in form of the Bible, Jesus Christ, when he was leaving the earth, he did not leave us as orphans. He gave us the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us in John chapter 14, verse 26, that he is the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus Christ did not leave us as orphans. We have all we need and more than enough to come into a deeper and accurate understanding of Jesus Christ. So the moment you believed in Christ Jesus and you were saved, the Holy Spirit took residence 
in you. It is a gift to you. It is your advocate. It is your comforter. It is your teacher. That's why I said it's my favorite teacher. Okay. It teaches me the Bible. All right. And it, it was going to help you to read the Bible. It's going to help you to understand it. It's going to even bring it to your remembrance when you need it the most. Isn't it just marvelous? Like that is beautiful. So after salvation, you don't just sit down and look pretty, all right? You need to become a faithful disciple of Christ Jesus. Discipleship is very important in your Christian work. You must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and follow him each day. And this is just not about you going to church every Sunday, although it's a part of it, but it includes you joining a Bible-based local church. Emphasis on Bible, okay? Don't go join a church where the pastor shares his personal opinions, no. You want a pastor, a church that is based on the Bible. They're going to teach and preach from the Bible. Everything is going to be guided from the Bible accurately. And you need to get baptized by water. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit by laying of hands and by prayer. You need to be consistent in your Bible study. You need to pray fervently. You need to grow spiritually. You need to teach others the word of God. You need to start fulfilling purpose. That sounds like a lot of things, right? But you don't have to worry about checking off some boxes as you go through life because the Holy Spirit will help you. It is your teacher. It is your advocate and your comforter. It is there for you. But as I mentioned, when you become a born-again believer or a saved Christian, the best thing that you can do is get you a Bible. And begin reading from the New Testament. Start reading. Start studying. The Bible is called the Word of God. It is also the Word of Truth. Jesus is the Word. And in Jesus, truth is contained. So remember you just got saved, right? You just got born again. All things are passed away. All things are new. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the fullest experience of salvation. You need to cry out for this nourishment. So you need to feed on the spiritual milk of the Bible. So get the word of God and start feeding. It is food for your soul. It is food for the new spirit that has been birthed in you. You just got a new life and you need to know how to live it. To the maximum. You do not want to live a mediocre life with this new amazing life that you've just been given. No, you need to live it to the maximum. And if you're not careful, if you don't grow, you're going to remain a baby for as long as possible. It is a spiritual life. You need to grow. It is not by age or number. Okay. You need to grow. That's why we can ask people to be Christians for years, but they're still babies in Christ because they are not feeding on the word. Of God, you need to feed on this word so that you can live this Christian and spiritual life to the maximum. All right, the Bible is your guide. The Bible says in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen, that all scriptures is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. 
the Bible is there to help you grow. It teaches you, it rebukes you, it chastises you, it corrects you, it trains you in righteousness so that you can be made complete, so that you can be made approved, so that you can be bold and preach the good work that God has called you to do and do those good works that God has created and planned for you to do. So it is the first, the Bible is the first and most trusted place for you to hear God's word and for you to get guidance. A human being, a fellow human being should never be your first resource. The Bible should be. So you might ask, why do I need to join a Bible-based local church? Well, the benefits are endless, but I'm going to give you just two benefits, okay? The first and most important reason is for discipleship, right? We talked about how discipleship is important for your Christian life and your Christian work. So the church is meant to equip and prepare you for the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry of reconciliation, God has given this ministry to us that we should go ahead and preach the gospel to all nations and reach out to all the lost souls and for so many good works that God has planned for us to do. So the church is supposed to equip you and prepare you for that. The church is also supposed to edify you and also to bring glory to good. So the pastor that's going to be at your local church represents the one good shepherd, which is Christ Jesus. It is the head of the church. So your pastor represents him. So at your local church, you have a local shepherd, which is a pastor, and he ought to disciple you. You ought to be guided. You ought to be equipped and trained and prepared for the good works that God has called you to do. So your pastor should be teaching solely from the Bible. It should be teaching you how to study the Bible. It should be increasing and awakening your appetite for the Bible. It should be feeding you. You are his entrusted ship and he must feed you with the right food from God's word. He's not supposed to fluff you up with unhealthy and bad food for your health because that's just going to kill you. You won't grow from it. Your pastor is not there to motivate you or entertain you, but to discipline you spiritually. Is there to encourage you spiritually. Is there to exalt you spiritually. So if you need a motivation speaker, if you need motivation, go listen to a motivation speaker. Okay, attend a seminar or something. That's not what your pastor is for. If you need entertainment, if you need humor, attend a comedy show or watch one from the comfort of your house. That is not what your pastor is for. You don't go to church to be fluffed up or to get entertained. You know, you go there to be built up and equipped for good works. You go there to grow. So your pastor ought to take care of your spiritual life. You should direct and focus your attention and her back to Jesus, the good shepherd, and not unto himself. And another reason why you should belong to a local Bible church is for fellowship. You see, while your pastor represents the head, the good shepherd of the church, the other church members, they represent the body. And you, as a new believer in Christ Jesus, you are a part of the body. And the body works and grows together the best. Okay, when we work together, we grow best together. All right. So within 
So you need to be within the church so that you can interact and fellowship with your other brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's very important for your growth as a new believer. And I'm hoping and praying that you will meet someone who is spiritually strong and is no longer drinking the spiritual milk of the word, but is now feeding on solid food so they can teach you and inspire your faith and help your faith to grow. And hopefully you will meet at least one person like this, whose faith will inspire yours so you can grow faster. So this person or this group of people, aside from your pastor, are also there to be your guide and to help you in your Christian walk. So you want to grow daily. And hopefully someday you yourself, you will stop feeding on spiritual milk, but you will now start feeding on solid food so that someday you will meet another new believer in Christ Jesus and you can help them grow too. And this is the beauty of Christianity. We help one another. We are a family. We help one another grow. We encourage one another. And I have on my blog at www.growinggoalseternalfamily.com I have two posts on there that can tell you more about why you should belong to a local church and now you can find a local Bible-based church. So you can check that out on the blog. But to sum this all up, now that you are saved, what is next for you is to get a Bible and get private with God. I know that you're excited, you're zealous, and you want to do so many things. Go ahead and do those things. But while you're doing those things, get private. Get your Bible, study, pray, read, and just let God renew you. And just, oh my, just renew your mind in God's word so that you can live this new life abundantly. Feed and feed and feed. Pray and pray and pray. How you start this walk with Christ Jesus is important for how you will continue. So as you do this, find the local Bible-based church. Get baptized. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get into fellowship and continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus as it leads you and guides you into his divine purpose for you. You have this amazing new life in Christ with amazing new and wonderful plans that God has for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that you are God's masterpiece and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us from long ago. So take each day at a time. Be anxious for nothing. Say no to sin every day. Every day you wake up, kill your flesh daily. Every day you wake up, choose Jesus and follow him. Renew your faith in Christ daily. Renew your mind and the word of God daily. Hold on to your faith in Christ Jesus no matter what. No matter what people say to you, no matter what situations does to you, hold on to your faith in Christ Jesus. You have to know that you are loved by God. And God who has called you and chosen you is very faithful and able to keep you to the very end. So in the next part, we're going to talk about how salvation is a beautiful rest for the people of God. Stay blessed. I love you so much and know that you are eternally loved by God. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Bye-bye and have a merry, merry, merry Christmas.